Hi folks, Benji Uyami here. Someone asked me this question in a group context while we were sharing about marriage and family and our experiences and matching processes. And, you know, sharing my matching process, uh, my matching experience, and I'll share a little bit about that later on in this video. And uh, the person, one person asked a really good question it was, how do you actually invite God into your, our lives? How do you actually get, uh, get God to work in, in your matching process, especially? And it's a really good question, and I really can't claim to know exactly how God works in your life or in your situation, but we have two things that I know are true and clear. Number one is we have God's word. We have hundoke, we have true parents' word. And I was looking for a specific quote that your father shared, and your father said a lot about the value of the blessing, preparing for marriage, and preparing for, for the blessing. And uh, one quote in particular that has been stuck in my mind nonstop, and a few books that I'll mention before I say the quote that I think are really great if you want to research more about it yourself. The Chan Sung Young, the big book, is fantastic, full of content about the meaning of the blessing, preparing for blessing, especially books three and books nine about um, true love and blessed family. So I really recommend checking that. Also, a really good book that helped me a lot in preparing for the matching was a book called God's Will in the World. And if you you know go to any blessed family's house, they'll probably have it. It's a bit of an older book, but it has really good practical stuff that I found about preparing for the blessing and it really, really helped me solidify my understanding of the blessing, right? Okay, so the quote that was stuck in my mind, the whole ride here, and I've been thinking about, is this. Marriage is not a simple matter of a man and woman of marriageable age coming together and combining their two lives. Marriage is something built on the basis of sacrifice. The man must live for the sake of the woman and the woman for the sake of the man. As you continue to live for the sake of your spouse, your selfish mind disappears completely. The heart that seeks to sacrifice this way is the heart of love. Love is not a man and woman meeting each other and having a good time. Love is offering up your life. If you marry, you must do so on the basis of your determination that your life is for your spouse. <laughs> This quote I think about all the time in my marriage, but it also applies here, right? He says, as you continue to live for the sake of your spouse, your selfish mind disappears completely. What that means is the approach of just focusing on getting rid of my selfishness and being less selfish is not as effective as just living for the sake of your spouse, just serving them, just being selfless and doing the things that you know you don't like to do or hard to do for the sake of them for the sake of them, because you love them. And the more you do that, the selfishness disappears. The ungodly qualities and characteristics of yourself disappear. So how does this apply to yourself as a person preparing for marriage or your, your adult child preparing for, for a matching process? If you think about this, for the sake of your future spouse, the more you think in consideration of them and of service to them, to that person, the more and more your selfish mind or your ungodly, ungod-centeredness will disappear naturally. And that is an excellent and creative way to go about preparing for the matching and the blessing and marriage and a relationship. Because what you're doing essentially is you're getting rid of, you're, you're thinking, okay, who am I right now, right? Um, when I was preparing for matching, when I was, uh, you know, I, I had a, a problem with pornography, right? Pornography was a real thing in my life, and I knew that that obviously does not transfer over well to, to my marriage. It won't. So I had to be of service to my wife and realize that this is something I have to work on 
and, and get support with, right? Highnoon.org is, Highnoon is a wonderful organization that we have now, thank God, thank the universe, that we have High Noon to help individuals like this who are preparing for marriage. Hundreds and hundreds of people going through their program, right? And not just like a porn habit or a sexual habit, um, anger issues, emotional problems. What kind of emotional issues or, or neediness or anger or, or frustration or depression, anything that does not transfer well into a relationship, into being in a committed relationship with another person. All those things, if we really think in consideration of them for the sake of them, it's an obvious decision, right? For me, pornography was like, it's like a, it becomes a crutch for, for, for people that have a porn habit, habit many do. Uh, it becomes a crutch for, for your life, for when you're stressed, when you're depressed, when you're angry, it becomes a crutch that you rely on. But if you're really honest with yourself and consider your future spouse and how it affects them, the impact of that decision, of your decisions right now, will just about bring you to your knees in tears because you realize how much you're affecting that person in the future right now through your actions. So that is, that is just mind-blowing when I read uh, Chief Father's words on this, is that the more you serve, live for the sake of your spouse, your selfish mind disappears completely. That's awesome. All right, so that's True Parents' words. You can go more, you know, there's so much you could go into uh, with that. But just for this video's sake, I'm going to move on to the second thing that I know to be true, and that is my personal experience. And my personal experience in my own life, but also working with and helping people, men and women, prepare for marriage and get to a certain place of confidence and self-awareness and health to be able to be in a matching process in a healthy relationship and receive the blessing and have a family, right? So the experience of that, through my experience of doing this and working myself over the years, and I'm not perfect, as no one here can claim to be, <laughs> but what uh, there's three things that, from my experience, really, really work to bring God, they're practical. I know this sounds crazy, practical ways to bring God into your, into your matching process. It sounds a little bit nuts, but hear me out. Number one, hundoke. Hear me out. <laughs> Hundoke, number two, and I'll go into each of these, these series. Number, number one is Hundoke. Number two is unity, okay? Unity within your, yourself and within your team. Number three is trusting in the goodness of your heart, okay? And I'll go into all these. Hundoke. Hundoke is an excellent way to bring God into your life, into your matching process, because... It's an opportunity to take yourself out of yourself for, for a minute and look at your life and the world and everything, every situation from a broader mindset, from a godly perspective, essentially. It's kind of like taking yourself out of the equation for just a bit. And because if we're just kind of constantly in our minds thinking about what's the right decision, what should I do, what should I, you know, this and that, and our own opinions, we're not allowing God to work by, by definition, you know. But if we do okay, you know, however often it is, I personally did a condition uh, with my parents, which really, and you can do it with wh whomever you, you choose, but I really did a, a condition that really probably was the best thing that I did, honestly. And it was simple. For 40 days, every single day, I sat in front of my parents. They sat on the sofa in their room. I sat on the floor and I read uh, the Chan Sang Yang, the big book, in front of them. And I just read the, the, the parts about the blessing, the meaning of the blessing just a section or just a page, not long at all. And then I shared with them how I felt about this content, what I learned from it, what, I, what, it made, me, what made, me, made me feel from reading that. And that was it. We did that every day for 40 days. And that was by far the best preparation I did because I understood 
the content of the Valley of the Blessing, I was able to digest the content. And also, on top of that, I was able to create a kind of synergy and unity with my parents through doing Hunoke. And the reason that I, I, I do Hunoke today is because I really need something to take myself out of my own head and my own limited short-sightedness, right? We all do. We all need that. We all know people, sometimes ourselves, when we're too busy with life and circumstances and school and work. And there's an interesting correlation where that the more busy we become, the less connected to God we feel. It's very interesting, isn't that? The more busy we become, the more day-to-day, -day, the less connected we feel, the less time and space we have to feel to connect with God on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So the reason Hunduke and the reason I attend church regularly and the reason that I talk to my wife about these kinds of things or my parents or somebody that I trust and respect is because I need to be able to get out of my head. And we all have been there or know people who who are so involved in the day-to-day and -day, the life and the, the external that we're not really to just like take a step back and breathe, get off our phones for a day or get off our phones for an hour or the computer and just see our lives from a bigger perspective, see ourselves from a bigger perspective. And that I believe is probably one of the, one of the three, one of the most important ways to invite God into working in your matching process, right? And the second key component of allowing God to work is also very important, which is having unity with your, your team, the people who are involved in your matching process, whether that it's your matching supporter or if you have your parents involved in, in your matching process, whoever it is, the, the people that you respect and trust to take you on this path uh, to find this person, is having unity. And that's a lot easier said than done, uh, I, must, I must say, but it's not impossible. And unity does not mean, to be very clear, unity does not mean being in, in agreement all the time about everything. And it's really uh, a key uh, component of this is every step of the way, if you were to visualize it, every step of the way in your matching process, every step that you take, you're in communication together about it. And you're, you're united on that decision. And every step of the way you're talking. And this is, as you know, is not the easiest thing in the world. And if it was the easiest thing in the world, everybody would have amazing relationships, right? But it's not simple because we have different, differing opinions. But it's that communication and constant working together uh, over issues, over like, you know, whatever. Someone says, I, I don't want this kind of person. And it's like, I, and you have to get this, you know, match with this kind of person. And having those conversations, even though they might be difficult sometimes, but just having give and take is how unity is created. The key to unity is having give and take. And God thrives in unity. When unity is present, God really loves being there and God will work, will be able to work that. Of course, God loves to be wherever you are, but God is able to work most when there is unity, especially between parents and children and between the spouses, the husband and the wife of the child and with the matching supporter. Everyone's in unity. And of course, there's the mind-body unity of the individual that is there as well. So if you're struggling in this area, which I know most of us do, most of you will at some point of being on the same page about something, there are a few things that you can do. Number one, there's a really handy thing called the matching plan, the matching worksheet that the BFM has. You can basically, you, are, you, you take your entire uh, expectations or hopes and dreams for your matching process and blessing and you write it down on paper. Both of you do it separately, the parents and the child and the matching supporter. And you kind of, you have a conversation about this and you get on the same page and you realize that there's a lot of things in common that you have and there are some things that you are in disagreement with and you have a conversation about that. And it's a healthy way to build unity. I think the matching plan is honestly the 
probably the best resource there is because it creates give and take, it creates conversation. And through that conversation, give and take, unity is created and God will be present there. The other thing you can do to create more unity in your team is to, it's a nice practice that we always recommend uh, single people do, candidates do, is to send a monthly or more frequent, a monthly report to their parents, to their team, matching support, whoever, advocates, um, siblings, whoever's in your court, to send them a report uh, by email or a video message or whatever it is, um, a personal meeting, you know, in-person or Zoom meeting, and just report to them how your process has been for the last month or the last period, what you've experienced, what you've learned about yourself, and just be able to share and let them know what's going on, and then you can have give and take on that. So that's an excellent way to create unity within your team. So just to wrap up this point on unity itself, this is probably maybe one of the most difficult things that we see uh, candidates going through, especially families, you know, trying to figure out and how they can get united on such a massive topic as finding a spouse, an eternal partner. It's a, it's a huge undertaking. And what we've seen is that it is really important to have these conversations, even if they're difficult, even if you think this is not smooth at all and we're getting into little arguments here and there. What we found is that there's, there's a correlation between how, how difficult, how rough these conversations are to how the quality of the relationship actually is. So we have to really, you have to really be honest with yourself and look at this as an opportunity to work on that relationship itself, you know? Because if our whole lives, like from the time we were children, our kids are young, through teenagehood to adulthood, if the, our whole lives we were talking constantly about this kind of stuff and our expectations and our dreams and our visions, then there wouldn't be much conflict, right? Uh, when it came to talking about the matching process. But it's because we're, most of us, most of you, every, most of everyone that goes to the matching process, uh, that goes to the blessing every year to the, to the massive blessing ceremony in our, in, our, in our movement, most of them are not coming from an environment where they're constantly on the same page about everything and united. No, many of them go through a, a, a time of really having to dig into their, deep into their relationship and work on their communication and it is worth it long term. Of course, you could just say, oh, forget it. I'm just going to do what I want. You know, forget my parents. Forget, forget. Let's, I'm just going to do what I think is best. And that's possible. But really, is it serving your family and your relationship long term? You know, if you think about when you have children, that relationship is going to come back again. And it's going to be in, and it's something you're going to want to work on. Trust me, it's something you're going to want to work on right now while you have the opportunity to. So see this this time of creating unity and maybe having some disagreements about or a lot of disagreements <laughs> about what how to how to get to the to the right path you know very differing opinions about how to go about this to receive the blessing or who the person might be use it as an opportunity to work on the relationship for sure and that will and god will work through that absolutely okay so the third and final way to allow god to work in your matching process and I think is probably the most important one and also the most counterintuitive one. It's actually something that you probably wouldn't think about very often, but it's really important. And it's simply the ability to trust in the goodness of our hearts and trust in the goodness of our decisions and trust that God wants to work through, through you, through your decisions, right? And I say this based on uh, my personal experience, which is... You know, if you the, the backstory of, of my matching process is that, you know, if you've heard, if you probably heard that at one point, Chu Father 
uh, randomly out of nowhere asked uh, during a matching ceremony asked um, the matching candidates to match themselves you know within a very short period of time and I was fortunate enough to be in that group of the first ever in 2010 people who and I can't I can't say that this shed a story without laughing it's it's ridiculous no one should go through this but here it is all right I went to the matching ceremony in Korea the entire premise by the way of going to a true parents matching ceremony is that I myself am too selfish and I'm and I'm too short-sighted to be able to choose my spouse and therefore I need two parents and I need God to do it for me that's the entire premise and it's when you go to two parents match matching there is absolutely you have to be willing to be matched to a broom to whatever there's no there's no like space at all for they have to be this hall or they have to be from this country or like whatever no none of that you know so that's the entire fo focus in my mind for long time for months and months and months it was that <laughs> whatever true father says i'm gonna go so you can imagine the shock of every single person there when true father said when he started scolding us because he started scolding a few people because he said i match you i bless you and then you break it or you decide to not go forward with it right and he's like he's kind of saying this like you put all the responsibility on god and you, on, on, on me and your father and your mother and you don't make decisions for your own by yourself and you, you blame everyone else I should make you match yourselves. If you match yourselves, then you will have no reason to complain. And this is what he said, and we were laughing. <laughs> we were like, oh, that's very funny to your father. Nice joke. And they kept talking about it. And then we slowly, slowly realized, like, the whole room, like, you could just visibly see everyone, like, like, completely freaking, like, flipping out. Like, one sister was, like, stood up and screamed, I can't do this. You know, I was, in my head, I was like, I'm not doing this. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> everyone was... And, uh, and, you know, it was just, everyone was looking at the floor. And then he kept going. He was like, we should do this. And then he, he didn't give much advice, but I, he did give some advice to us. And I'll share that in just a second. So he split the room in half, brothers, sisters. He lined them up, all the sisters lined up, all the brothers lined up. Beautiful, everyone's looking great. And he said, go ahead, choose. <laughs> that was it. By the way, this was with like five or 10 minutes after he came in to do the ceremony. And in 10 minutes, we were all standing. She's supposed to go around and look. And so I was one of the first ones in, in line to go and start looking. And and everyone was kind of waiting for me. Like the guy next to me was like, hurry up. And I couldn't move. I couldn't. I swear I couldn't because I was, I was like, I can't do it. Like I was looking at the ground. I was closing my eye. I can't do this. I can't. I'm not going to do this. I can't do it. I didn't sign up for this. That was, I didn't sign up for this. That's what I was thinking. And and then your father said something. I was listening. What was your father saying? He said something that instantly changed my mind and changed my life. He said, if you choose someone, God will support you. If you choose someone, God will support that. And then when he said that, I got it. I understood what he was saying. And I understood what I was doing wrong this whole time, my whole life when I was preparing for matching and blessing, I was doing wrong. Is I was putting the entirety of my blessing, the responsibility of finding my spouse, in the hands of God, hoping that God would have this one person picked out for me that I am predestined to be married with and that true, true Father would help me to find that person, right? That's what I believed. And I realized at that moment, oh my gosh, I am not taking ownership of my blessing in my life. And when he said that, I got it. I understood what he was saying was, as long as you are pure of mind, as long as you are willing to take responsibility for your decisions in life, take ownership of every decision of your life, if you take ownership of the person that you decide to choose as your spouse,
God will support you and God will be there. God will want to be there. And so the story continues. I was like, I can do this. I immediately, I was like, I can do this. Like, I, I, I believe I trust what I signed up for and true father's decision. I'm going to do this. So I went one by one, look at the sisters. You know, you don't look too long at them because that's weird. And then, uh, and then there was just one sister who, who, you know, he said a few things to, to help us choose someone. He said to look at their, look at their heart, right? He said, look at their whole heart, look at their whole being, not just the face. He said, don't look at just the face. Look at, you know, the, the roundness of their face. Look at their eye shape, the, the length, the, the depth of their eyes. Look into their eyes, look at their feet, look at their height and everything else and make a decision based on that, right? And so I went through and I didn't even, I swear I didn't even look at where she was from or where they were from or how old or how tall they were. I was just looking at those qualities that I felt like would match mine, which is kind of like, I was looking for someone with like a rounder face, like a more balanced, well-balanced person, someone with a, like bigger eyes to kind of be more open-minded, right? And, 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 uh, and embracing. So there's only one sister who was, who was, that caught my eye and I just stuck in my head. When I finished, I was like, close my eyes, like, like who really stuck out? There's only one. And she was looking around confidently. She was looking around. And why that's important is because every single other person I saw, sister was looking at their feet, crying. <laughs> or, I mean, of course, they like un understandably freaking out. Understandably. I understood. Like they were freaked. They were crying or looking at the ground like this. But she was just like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> like curious, right? Like, like this is interesting. <laughs> and uh, I was like, that's like so cool. And, and she just has this faith in God and the process and your parents. And so I... Went around again, I just approached her like this and I reached my hand out and she accepted my hand and we lived happily ever after. No, not happily ever after. There's a lot in between there <laughs> and now. But so the reason I'm sharing this story, it's a ridiculous story and no one should ever experience it in their whole lives and probably not, it's not feasible. But the key here is what your father was saying and his point was that if you take ownership and trust your original mind, it doesn't mean just making whatever decision you want and hoping for the best. It's if you have the sincere purity in your heart to do what is best for God, for the world, for yourself, and for your heart, and take ownership of that decision, no matter what, God will be there. God will support that. That is what God wants. That is the process that God wants you to go through. That's the one. And we see this all the time with couples who are matched and start communicating and go to the blessing. They're deciding every step of the way. This is the process for me. This is the person. We're making a decision. This is my decision. And God is working through that. And 10 years later, we're blessed. Anyone who is blessed successfully, married and happily married, listening to this, knows that every single day you have to choose to be committed to your spouse. Every single day. It is not a one-time decision. Because if it was, then I would be able to say, and this is True Father's point, primary point is, I can never go back and say, oh, it was somebody else's decision. It was True Father's decision. I shouldn't have done this. I'm unhappy because True Father decided this spouse for me and I don't like her anymore. 30 years down the road, 10 years down the road, right? I can never say that because I know that it was my decision. I know that I'm, I, I chose, I decided. And it's not just in that situation. Every decision that you make, no matter what, is your decision in the end. Every decision. And as long as we're willing to take ownership and responsibility for that decision and not blame, and ownership meaning means never having any space to blame the other 
someone else, God, my parents, my circumstances, my, my living environment, my country, the language I speak. We can never blame any of that because as long as we can make decisions that are pure and sincere and genuine and are not clouded in, in anything fake, then God is willing to be there. God wants to work. God wants to work through the goodness of your heart. And this is the third most important thing when you're inviting God into your process is realizing that your family, your yourself, is God is, True Father said, when True Father, when True Father started giving the authority to match to parents to match their children, to help their match their children go to the blessing, he said, the same God that works through me will work through you. The same God that works through me will work through you. Meaning that God can work through us, through the, our original mind, through the goodness of our hearts and our decisions, right? Okay, so to wrap up this video, I really want to, I really hope that this was really helpful for you. And after this video is done, or sometimes today, or sometime this week, I really want you who's listening to this to ask yourself these two questions. Ask yourself, one, how do I experience God in my life? How do I experience God? Because everyone has experienced God in different ways. And number two, what is it that I can do today, that in this week, soon, that can help invite or involve God in my matching process and preparing for the blessing, right? Ask yourself these two questions and you'll be in good hands. Thank you for watching this video. If you liked it and it was helpful, please consider sharing it with somebody that you love and someone that you care about. Or you can consider joining our MatchNet community and MatchNet is a group of individuals who are on the same path as you trying to figure out this matching process thing and preparing for to be an extraordinarily marriageable person to receive the blessing with somebody that shares a similar uh, value system and faith uh, to receive the blessing with. So you can check out the MatchNet community at bfm.familyfed.org slash MatchNet and get started. Okay, thank you again. We love you. Take care. Peace.